We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski coming to you from the beautiful weather of Northfield, Minnesota. We've been in the 70s, Matt. Man, has it been a nice summer up here. So how about you, Matt? (laughs) Thanks for asking, John. And thanks for rubbing it in. Because, as you well know, I am in uh, steamy St. Louis, Missouri. (laughs) Hot and humid, John. Miserable. where I serve as pastor at Ascension Lutheran. So, um, yeah, it is, it's a little toasty here in St. Louis. I'm not going to lie. But at uh, least, at least you have Ted Drew's ice cream, Matt. Yes, yes, that. yes. That's my, that's my one consolation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've got, a, I've got a, a, a bug, a bug, or something to pick with you. What is it that people pick? A bone. A bone. A bone. I'm sorry, it's not a bug. A bug. <laughs> got a bug to me. A bone to pick with you. You said to me, John, let's do the Psalms for the summer. And I'm thinking, what a great choice, because after all, we want to relax. We want to take it easy in the summer. I'm thinking, well, we can do uh, the Lord is my shepherd. Sure, there should be. Pl-. And and then it seems to me you picked out the hardest Psalms that are in, in the Bible. In fact, you make me wonder who was who editing this book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it seems like they some things got through there they should have like got through. Uh, <laughs> well, 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 yeah. But one fifty was a nice round number for the Book of Psalms, so they wanted to get guess. get up to one fifty. <laughs> well, I was wondering too because we've done one and two, and I'm thinking, you know, the Hebrews do things backwards. Maybe maybe those were supposed to be at the end, not at the beginning. Maybe we're supposed to read those last. Yeah, because you start yeah, at one fifty and work yeah. backwards. Yeah, one fifty is a pretty, uh, pretty light psalm in terms of you know uh, deep theology, I guess. Yeah, you know, the very last psalm of the the psalter is just a psalm of praise, simple psalm of praise. Maybe we should have started there. Well, see, I'm thinking, you know, like I said, the Hebrews go from right to left, and if if you if you have the Hebrew Bible at home, it confuses the heck out of you because it starts in the back of the book, not in the front. Yep. And so I'm thinking, so maybe Psalm one and two were just these couple of psalms, and they said, oh well, we got to throw them in. <laughs> like you say, we got to have we got to have 150 of them. They're not the best psalms, but uh, well, whatever. Uh, so so you know, Psalm number one sounds like it's written by some Pharisee who's boasting about the fact that, oh, he never has anything to do with sinners, which, of course, hurts my feelings right away because I'm a sinner, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I think, well, I guess I'll never, get it personally. In, yeah, I'll never get invited over to your house. Uh, but then, well, I, I was comforted by the fact that, you know, Jesus eats and drinks with sinners. So I think it's okay. I guess I'm all yeah, right with that. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought we did a pretty good job of dealing with that rather difficult psalm. And if anyone's interested, I invite you to go back and listen to July 8th in July 15th, when we did with Psalm 1. And then, then you brought up Psalm 2, uh, and you said, what kind of psalm is Psalm 2, man? A messianic psalm, a psalm of the Messiah. Uh, I think, okay, now we got it made. Now we got it made, right? Because it's about Jesus, right? If it's messianic, it's about Jesus. I, I love Jesus, you know. He's the best guy I know around. Uh, uh, and before we get into the thing that troubles me, though, you, you did say there was one more interesting clear thing you wanted to say about psalm 2 so i'll let you do that and then i'll 
I'll present my problem. Okay. 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 And I, this this is wrestling with the basics, yeah, by the way. Yeah. And, and that's what we're doing this summer. We're, we're wrestling with these psalms. Uh, but it's they, sweaty enough. We're sweaty enough at summertime. We don't need to have, be more sweaty. We don't need more exercise. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We could change the name of the show for the summer, John. Relaxing poolside <laughs> with the go. basics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Psalm 2. So just a real quick review. Um, messianic Psalm, like we just mentioned. So Psalm of the Messiah. Um, a, a Messiah, the, that word that is a, is a title. It means anointed one. Uh, that's the, the Hebrew, Aramaic word. Uh, also, the Greek word is Christ, another word that we're familiar with. But Sometimes I think we forget that's a title as well. It means It means anointed one. Um, what is an anointed one? Well, an anointed one is, is someone who is set apart uh, for a special job. Literally, there's oil poured on them, and that shows visibly to them, to others, that, yeah, they're, they're set apart for a special job. And we talked about uh, a little bit last time about King Charles' coronation uh, in England not that long ago. Uh, and how he was anointed with oil. And that was part of that ceremony, that coronation, where but, he was but, hidden away, right? But for some reason, yeah, they hid it. Yeah. They, they, they covered him up when they were doing that, which makes no sense to me at all, except, I guess, just for privacy reasons. Yeah, just yeah. privacy? Propriety. Or, you know, propriety. You don't want to see a naked yeah. king. No one wants yeah, to see that. I don't know if he was naked. <laughs> but there was at least oil on him. So, anyway... Yeah, so I, you know, it, it's a special part of the ceremony, for, and for whatever reason, they, they hide it away, um, even today. Uh, but when we talk about Messiah, I think sometimes we, we jump right away to Jesus, right? And, you know, yeah. it is about Jesus. But also in Psalm 2 and these other Messianic Psalms, um, it's, it's talking about David as well. So Psalm oh. 2, for instance, likely written for his coronation as king. And so the Messiah, maybe Messiah with a little M, is is first David. He he's the anointed one. Yeah, he's he's the king here in this case. But it also points us ahead to the the Messiah with a big M. You know, the Messiah of Messiahs. It points us ahead to Jesus, the one who's anointed as as king, but also as uh, as as we learn in the small catechism, prophet and priest as well, uh, prophet, priest, and king. Um, so yeah, what I wanted it to, to wrap up with, John, is just simply this, this image, um, and I mentioned it briefly last time, of that, that object that's given to a king when they are coronated uh, uh, at, in, in the United Kingdom and in other places. They're given that, that globe um, with it's, it's a an orb, isn't top. it? Is it an orb? An orb, a sphere, an orb. Okay. Uh, the, the official name uh, that is the uh, the Latin name is Globus Cruciger. Oh, cool! <laughs> so it's this. It's it means cross bearing orb is what it means in English. Uh, the Globus Cruciger. Uh, so you can you can Google that and get a picture of it. And it's uh, you know Monty Python. I think they call it the Holy Hand Grenade. And <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, it, it is. <laughs> it does yeah. represent a hand grenade, perhaps, if you use your imagination, but. <laughs> But the more pious way of looking at this object is that it's supposed to signify the world, the globe, but then the cross on top. And this the same idea that Psalm 2 gets at, uh, especially in those opening verses about how the 
the nations raging, right, and the kings of the earth setting themselves and taking counsel together and, and uh, saying, let us burst their bonds apart. Um, and the one who sits in heaven laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Uh, when the nations and kings of the world uh, rebel against God, you know, he just sort of laughs, right? So this, this object, this orb, cross on top reminds us Jesus, ultimately, the Messiah, is above all, above the world. So what I talked about, that, I mentioned that last time, but then what I wanted to also mention was there's this really neat painting, I think it's neat, by Albrecht Dürer. So this uh, Reformation-era artist, and what, what it's, it's a depiction of someone holding a, a globus cruciger, this orb and cross. But what's kind of interesting, he doesn't finish the painting. Oh, really? Uh, it's incomplete. So he, he leaves Germany, and he departs for Italy, and he just doesn't ever finish it. So if, if you look this up, and, you know, just, uh, you know, Albrecht Dürer, uh, Globus Cruciger, it's probably enough to, to Google to find it. <laughs> um, it's this unfinished work. Like the guy's, the, the person's face is just kind of sketched in haphazardly. There's, he's wearing a, a robe. And, you, you know, you just kind of make out this image of holding this Globus Cruciger, this, this orb with a cross on top. Uh, but um, the, the, the figure in the painting is supposed to be Jesus. It's supposed to be Christ, oh, the Messiah. Really? That is neat. So he's holding this Globus Cruciger, this orb, in his nail-pierced but resurrected hands. And, and I think it's just a beautiful image. And, and what I love most about it is the fact that it is unfinished, John. I think that's really neat. And it's a reminder to us that, well, Jesus' work of salvation is, well, incomplete, too, to a certain extent. You know, we, we, we know that the cross, yep, he, he died on the cross, and it is finished. Uh, Jesus rose from the dead. He came back to life. Yeah, he wins our salvation, no doubt about it. But as we confess in the Apostles' Creed, we're still waiting, right, for the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. We're still waiting for Christ's return uh, when things will, will finally be complete. And so just like in that painting, you know, that it's incomplete and you, you don't see that figure fully reigning. Um, so also we're not going to see Jesus fully reigning over this world and over all things until his return. And then all will see that. Uh, finally, uh, the picture will be complete. Uh, we'll see that, yeah, Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is uh, the anointed one, and every knee will bow, and every tongue confess exactly that, that, that Jesus is the Christ, uh, that he is Lord. So really, I think that's kind of a, a, neat, a neat image to keep in our minds. And, and you know, it, it ties in with Psalm 1, because Psalm 1 had the same kind of ending, where things are not quite finished yet. We're yes. still waiting for the, the final judgment, where exactly. the righteous will finally be seen for what they are. Um, and, and you know what? I think it also, what you just said, will help answer my question. Okay. Okay, good. Um, because, see, my concern is you, you said we're going to do a messianic psalm. It's going to be about Jesus. And, and no doubt this psalm is about Jesus. In fact, the uh, New Testament quotes several verses out of this uh, psalm. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the one about, uh, you are my son today, I've begotten you. That, that's quoted us several times. Uh, of course, this whole business about the nation's rage, uh, that's quoted by the, uh, uh, the apostles in the book of Acts. But so I'm thinking, oh, in Messianic Psalms, so we're going to get this beautiful picture of Jesus, the good shepherd who loves and forgives. And, and yet it closes with these words, kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way for his wrath is quickly kindled. 
And I think, what? <laughs> that doesn't sound like my Jesus. Yeah. I don't ever think about worrying about that he I, he's going to destroy me. I'm going to perish. So, so do you have an explanation for that, Matt? <laughs> well, I would. <laughs> Thanks, John. I would just say that that is a a facet of who Jesus is. I wouldn't say you know this is entirely who Christ is, right? That he is, you know, he he's out to to to. to uh, you know, to make people perish, yeah. right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's not one that's, you know, his wrath is always quickly kindled all the time. But, you know, when it talked about kiss the sun, lest he become angry, um, the the translator here, at least in the, the English Standard Version, chose to capitalize S, right? Mm-hmm. So it really yes. is, like you said, pointing us, oh, it's, it's probably talking about Jesus. You know, ultimately it is talking about him as the Messiah. Uh, and again, as Messiah, as king, uh, to kiss the king, well, that was a sign of, even still today, right? It's oh, a sign sure, of reverence. Sure. You know, you kiss their ring or whatever, and it's a sign of, of of reverence and submission to that king. They're the ones in charge. They're king. I'm not, and I'm showing my loyalty, my submission, my devotion uh, to that king. So I, I think there's a, a well, it's a, it's a word of law here, really, for us, uh, that, yeah, to, to kiss the sun lest he become angry. Uh, that we would show Christ reverence and respect and honor and and submit to Him um, in our lives. Um, that we would come to in repentance, even um, and and uh, come before Him in, in humility. So, um, and if if we don't do that, well, there is a word of warning, right? If if we are if we <laughs> if we refuse to do that, if if in our pride we refuse to submit to Christ, if we think we are self sufficient on our own, if we think we're the King and the one in charge, and He's not. Well, there's going to be consequences. I think it's a, a first uh, commandment issue, right? Uh, if we're not loving and fearing, fearing God above all things uh, and submitting to him, uh, boy, well, we're, we're in trouble because if we're not submitting to Christ, if he's not the one in charge, if he's not king, well, then who is? <laughs> and sometimes we set ourselves up as king and, and it only leads to, to trouble. So, so I, I had uh, two thoughts uh, about that. Uh, and and, and I, I, on one hand, this text actually isn't talking to us at all. Uh, it, it, it's addressing the kings, it's addressing the rulers, it's addressing the people who are in control, the people mm-hmm, who have power, mm-hmm. which, which unfortunately you and I don't. <laughs> okay. Man, would it not be a better world if you and I were actually president? But we're not, so there you go. Uh, um, are, are you announcing something, John? No. Is this the no. beginning of, of, are you going to be on the debate no. stage? <laughs> well, I don't know. Throwing if your we, head in the ring? If we don't get any better candidates, I might just have to. You've I, got I my know. vote. <laughs> uh, although I really appreciate what you're saying. In the long run, of course, it applies to everybody. Because like you said, everybody wants to be in control of their own lives. If not the government, if not a country. Yeah, we want to be boss in charge. And of course... As, as we all well know, that doesn't work out very well. Yep. And in that sense, we have exp- experienced the wrath that's quickly kindled because we've done things that we, we did on our own, what we thought was right, and we soon found out, no, that probably isn't. <laughs> Trust yep. me, I can tell you stories about that. <laughs> uh, but, but I did think it was interesting that, that I, I, I think one of the great things I'm learning is, is that the New Testament uh, actually helps us understand what the Psalms are. Uh, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the, the Psalms are written by people who live in darkness. And, and the New Testament people have a way of coming back and saying, okay, here's what this is really all about. And, and, and of course, that's what the apostles do. They, they quote this business 
about the nations raging in reference to the fact that they're, they've been told not to preach Jesus Christ, right? That they were, they were brought in, they were arrested, and they, they, they said, okay, well, you know, it doesn't do any good to, to jail these people. We'll release them, but here, here we're telling you, this is, don't you dare talk about Jesus Christ anymore. And, of course, you know, Peter says, well, you can tell us whatever you want to, but, I mean, we've got to do what God tells us to do. Uh, and, and then they come back and, and they quote this passage to all the rest of the, the Christians. So you see, this is being fulfilled now. The, the leaders are actually trying to stop us from preaching Jesus. But it, it won't stop. It won't stop. The gospel will be proclaimed no matter what, how the nations rage, as it says. Um, and, and, and the reason I want to emphasize that is, is, and it goes back to what you said. See, see England misunderstood the, the, the globus cruciger. Is that how it is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they thought, yeah, we are the power. Mm-hmm. We are the power of Jesus Christ. And therefore, they would go and they would fight wars and they would try to co- conquer people. And they said, well, of course we can do this because the king is divinely appointed. And, and they, missed, they missed the point. Christianity is not spread by the sword. It just doesn't happen that way. No one has ever become a Christian because a, a Christian nation has come in and conquered them. If anything, that, that kind of activity has alienated and driven people away from the church. Uh, Luther has this beautiful quote about how to overcome the Turks. And he says, ultimately, the only way you'll overcome the Turks is by making more Christians in those countries. Mm-hmm. That, that's the only way you're going to get it done. Uh, and so I thought, yeah, we, we need to remember that, that, that when we hear this song, we maybe think, yeah, well, that's right, we got to start taking care of all these these Gentiles and these other nations that don't believe in Jesus. And, and, and we have to remember what the apostles understood. You know, there's only one thing we have to do, and that is we have to preach the gospel. And that gospel will end up being preached to all nations. And then, then these people will be believers, and then they will kiss the Son, uh, not because they're afraid of him or afraid of the armies that are commanded by him, uh, but because they understand the last verse of that text, which is, Blessed are all who take refuge in him. See, I, I thought that's so cool that that psalm, after giving us this picture of a God of wrath and anger, righteously so, because if you oppose the, the love of God, if you oppose the proclamation of his son who came to suffer and die for people's sins, of course that's going to make him mad. Wouldn't it make you mad if someone suggested to your son Noah that you didn't love him? Wouldn't that get you really, really upset? Yeah, because of you course. love Noah. He's important to you. And God, God, God help anybody who tries to say that you don't love him and you don't care for him. Uh, and that's the context here. That's what makes the, the son angry is that people would suggest that he's not someone we can come and take refuge in him. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. So uh, I just, yeah. See, the more you study the song, you're going to realize, wow, there, there's all kinds of really good stuff here. Uh, and, and again, I think in this psalm, we're just reminded that, that the only way we're going to spread Christianity is just by preaching Jesus Christ. And, and people will oppose that, and we just need to expect that. Let's not be frustrated or surprised at that. We just do like the disciples. We just go out and start preaching Jesus again. I, the danger is, though, we, we begin to think that we have to back it up with power and that we have to have wars and might, and then people, no, 
No, it, there's only one way people will be converted, and that is simply through doing what you and I are doing, strangely enough. And, and what you and I are doing actually going out to all of these other nations. Who knows who might be listening to re- what's scary when I think about it that way. <laughs> but there might be people in Muslim countries that are listening to this. Um, so let, 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 let's, let's let them know we, we don't hate Muslims. No, we don't hate Arabs. We, no, we, we, we believe in a God who loves and forgives everyone. And that's all he wants to do. And how could you reject that? How could you reject a religion that simply says we have a God of love, a God who loves us enough that he would die for us? How could anyone reject that? But of course, uh, people do. Uh, And as you said, for the very reason, because that also means that we just have to take refuge in him. Uh, We we no longer have the the right to call things and decide things for our own. Uh, But we have to uh, just trust in him. All right, Matt. Anyway, that's the thoughts I had. We were supposed to get to Psalm 3. I don't know. (laughs) Any more do you want about Psalm 2? Or, or no, just, just, just to affirm what you said, John, I, I think that's what Jesus would say, right? You know, those who uh, uh, live by the sword, die by the sword. Yeah. You know, this idea, no, 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 no. You know, as he, as he speaks to Peter in the night of his arrest and says, no, put your sword back in its scabbard, right? Um, and even Jesus himself, I think, you know, as we look at this messianic Psalm, what type of Messiah, what type of king anointed one did people expect jesus to be and his even his own disciples expected him to be one that well would rule with a sword and use that sword especially against the romans right and kick him out uh, but no that's not why jesus came uh, instead he came to, to to heal the sick and proclaim the kingdom of heaven the reign of god is at hand uh to, to show who he is uh, not only to the jews but also to to Gentiles too, which is good news for us because that's who we are, John. We're a couple of Gentiles. We're not we're not Jewish insiders. We're a couple of Gentiles. You know that Jesus came for us too, and and again, not with sword, but with with the work and with the uh, you know with the proclamation. The kingdom is at hand. A kingdom that is um, shared by by restoring what is wrong um, and and making right what was what's wrong because of sin. And and Matt, you know, I really appreciate what you said earlier in this episode. Uh, about the fact that it, it, it is talking about us too. Because uh, I, I always hate it when I start talking about other people and the things they're doing wrong. Uh, because obviously the, the law that Jesus gives is meant to not be applied at the other guy whose sins are so obvious, but also to me whose, whose sins are really more obvious. I just, I don't see them. That's a log in my eye that I can see the speck in the other guy's eye. And I think it is important to realize, yeah, we, we probably have done these things, too. We have probably alienated people as well. Uh, we, we don't want to. You and I have devoted our lives as pastors. We, we want to make Jesus as welcoming as possible. But no doubt, maybe even within our families and our friends, we've done things that have offended them, hurt their feelings, whatever, angered them, uh, things that we did out of our own selfishness and pride. So, yeah, this is a real problem for all of us. But, but it's as you said earlier, Matt, the thing is, we repent of that. I, I do go, and I, I kiss the son, and, and I kiss him in terms of saying, you know, man, Lord, thank you for being my refuge, because I know I've done a lot of things that, that probably have, have disturbed you. I haven't loved my brothers as I should. Um, and yet, having said that, I, I, I do think, I, I thank the apostles that they came and said, let me tell you what Psalm 2 is all about. It's not about going to war, 
right? That's not what you're not supposed to want to be angry. You're not supposed to be the one whose wrath is quickly kindled. You're not supposed to go out with a rod of iron and dash them into pieces like a potter's whistle. That's not an assignment for you. Uh, but no, uh, our job is to simply preach about Jesus Christ, who is a refuge for all people. Uh, Matt, we got about a half a minute. Uh, anything you want to wrap up? You want to talk about what's coming up next week or anything more about this psalm? Yeah, next week, join us because we're going to talk about a psalm of lament. Okay, that's the next genre, the next the next type oh, of psalm. So what, so. what, what, you got to be another one of these things like <laughs> vanity of vanities, all is vanity? You're well, just you making to, it hard. You have to tune in next week and find out, John. Okay. But <laughs> So join us next week, and we hope you do, here on Wrestling With The Basics.